Welcome to the Ross Weekly, where we present to you the latest happenings and upcomings in the Ross community, paired with a brief dive into both a Ross student and Ross club's background. I am one of your hosts, David Amarim, and with me I have Landry and DeHio. We have a few of our awesome classmates joining us today, Kareem Halaba and Tony Nikolov, to talk about the soccer club. Welcome. Before we get started, we'll do a quick check-in on some recent and upcoming events and happenings. Landry, on to you. Thank you. <clears throat> Winter A finals are upon us. Um, so good luck to everyone wrapping up the term and congratulations to our first year MBAs for concluding their first year of classes. Um, we've got ebbs and flows, but overall we've, we've made it. Um, once we return back from winter break, we'll be kicking off our map. So MBA 1 will be coming back March 6th to start the map. And then finally those MBA 2s are starting their last quarter um, March 7th the next day. But overall, we're going to have a pretty quiet week as people are wrapping up projects and exams before heading out to winter break. So safe travels to all of you who are leaving Ann Arbor. Have fun and we'll see you next week. Awesome. Thank you, Landry. So now we'd love to welcome our guest to the podcast today. So before we dive into the soccer club, we always love hearing about our fellow classmates' remarkable stories. So could everyone here share where you're from, your pre-Ross background, what you're doing at Ross, and what you're hoping to do after Ross? Um, and also, if you feel like it, what you're going to do for spring break. Uh, Kareem, can we start with you? Of course. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Kareem Halaba, I am originally from Egypt, but kind of grew up uh, all over the place um mainly in uh in Connecticut lived in New York for 5 years prior to uh coming to Ross I was working at Colgate Palmolive um so you know mainly selling toothpaste uh working in like sales and e-commerce there and then uh this summer I'm going to be headed to uh Mondelez also back in New York working in uh brand marketing um in the food and beverage space I'll hand it over to uh to Tony yeah. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the podcast. So I'm Tony, um, originally from Bulgaria, but grew up primarily in New Jersey, studied uh, industrial engineering, and then spent about five years working in, in operations for a company called W.O. Gore. So selling uh, Gore-Tex jackets and other industrial products. Um, came to Ross and I'm recruiting for a general management role. So this summer I'll be going to Barry Waymiller in St. Louis, um, privately held company doing some um, leadership and strategy type work. So uh, super excited. And I can go next year. Uh, Landry DeHio uh, from Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I was technology consulting prior to Ross and now I'm going into product management tech, specifically Amazon this summer as a product manager technical role. Um, and uh, long-term, I'm hoping to get into sports tech uh, long-term um, after I get into PM. Um, and for spring break, I'll just be chilling in Ann Arbor. And I'll maybe playing the new Hogwarts Legacy video game for any of you gamers there. Awesome. Landry, is that a pretty good game? Have you started playing? Yeah, I've already put in 20 hours um, okay. during finals week. So um, hey. don't heed my advice to those who are listening, but it's fun. I really enjoy the game. And I'm not even a big Harry Potter guy. Well, I mean, it's like we say, a little bit of studying, a little bit of Hogwarts, you know, goes a long <laughs> exactly. way. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks, Landry. I'll uh, bring us home here. So I am David. I'm from Brazil originally, but I also grew up all over the place. Uh, we'll be working in strategy consulting over the summer. Uh, we'll hopefully go into strategy consulting after Ross as well, but long term, uh, really looking to enter the gaming space. Uh, so we'll see what happens. 
Um, so, all right. So that's everyone. Thank you, everyone, for uh, these intros. So let's now jump into today's topics, which is soccer club at Ross and also soccer in general. Uh, first of all, I see some of us are wearing soccer jerseys, which I think is very appropriate for today's episode. Can I just get quickly what everybody is wearing? Uh, I'll start, I guess. I'm wearing um, my home team in Brazil called Flamengo. Um, Tony, Kareem. Um, so I've got a Venezia FC jersey. So they, they have like a big crossover with Gucci. So it's definitely super fashionable and, and cool. But I can't say I watch too much of, uh, of Venezia's games. They had a few good players in the last few years, though. Yeah, I'm I'm wearing my Liverpool jersey. Um, tough loss yesterday in the Champions League to Madrid, but um, you know we, we had we had a few good years, so uh, we were down. You know, sure to have a, a down year uh, sooner rather than later. So, right, just take a break, right? Let some of the other teams win. Yeah, mm. probably. Um, awesome, Landry. I know you're not wearing a jersey, but if you were wearing yeah. one, which one would you be wearing? Yeah, so my currently I have a Willian uh, Chelsea jersey, so you know all the way back, and then but my current okay. probably my favorite one right now is a Barcelona I got in Barcelona, um, and Dembele jersey, um, from like the Barcelona shop when I was living there, oh, FC awesome. Barcelona. So yeah, I guess Barcelona is an okay team, but you know we oh, yeah, can. There are. I'm just kidding. We can. We'll go into the hot takes and the soccer um, towards the end of this episode. So before we get into any heated debates here among friends, always uh, let's jump into some of these questions that we've prepared for our experienced uh, soccer players and soccer managers at Ross, Kareem and Tony. Uh, So both Kareem and Tony, uh, they're in the upcoming uh, soccer club board. And so first of all, before we dive into the soccer club, can you let us know, Tony and Kareem, um, what your roles are in the soccer club right now and what they will be starting the second year and what responsibilities that entails? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can go first here. Um, so basically, uh, we currently have four uh, kind of co-presidents. You know, most clubs have VP positions or sorry, director positions for the NBA ones and then VPs and co-presidents for for the NBA twos. The way the soccer club does it is, um, we have four you know co-president NBA twos, and at the beginning of this year, um, we had kind of an application process for the NBA one board spots where we're basically VPs. So we don't have specific roles this year. We're basically just helping out uh, the NBA twos where we can. Um, but next year we'll be taking over, you know, those four, four co-president spots. And then we, we split up the responsibilities, uh, a little bit within, within that. So we have a finance lead Sachin who's, who's not on the call, but he'll be leading everything from a financial side. We have a kind of events and tournaments, um, lead. So I believe Tony will be doing that next year, managing our kind of, I think that's Amon. Is it Amon? Yeah, Amon's doing okay. that. I'm doing the communications and uh, and pickup organization. So, I mean, there's a big overlap for sure. Yeah, and then I'll be I'll be handling like the main uh, kind of uh, integration with the MBA program office, making sure our stature as a, as a club is you know is is in good standing and all that kind of administrative stuff. So, and you made our jerseys. 
Yes, and and <laughs> jerseys. So we we always have to make some swag every year. Have to have to look our best in these tournaments. So, uh, that's great. Um, and you guys are active. Both David and I are part of the soccer club, and so we see it. Um, but I want to kind of ask about your history with soccer in general. So tell us about you know your history of soccer, love for the game kind of deal. So for me, I played a bunch of sports as a kid. Um, my dad actually tried to hold me off from playing soccer until like fifth grade, I want to say, because he was worried I'd like get too much into it and not focus on school. So yeah, I, I only started playing in like fourth or fifth grade, like recreational stuff, and then did more um, like travel soccer in middle school was okay but I was like desperately slow like probably the slowest player on the field and then I had this big growth spurt in high school where you know I played club I played for my school team here and there um and then I don't know I kind of blossomed into a much faster player which uh, speed definitely helps to uh, to be good yeah I was actually never really soccer was never like my primary sport I grew up playing tennis um played tennis in college and you know I always uh, I always loved playing soccer and actually like enjoyed it more than tennis, even though I was better at tennis. So my parents were also like trying to like keep me from playing um, so I could focus on tennis in school. But I played I played kind of uh, in the juniors and then, you know, middle school, JV type stuff in, in high school. And then uh, once I got to college, I, I was focusing mainly on tennis. But since graduating, I haven't like picked up a tennis racket more than a handful of times. So I've been getting back into soccer and playing a lot more. And real quick, kind of follow up there. Obviously, you guys are involved with the board. You told us your history. So for the for people who don't know, kind of what is that purpose for a soccer club and like who is it for? Yeah, I can take this one, Tony, and then you can add if you have anything. But it, it really is for, for everyone, right? We're, we're an NBA club, but we um, have members across – um, the entire kind of like master's education level here at here at Ross. So um, the other like one and two year programs, um, we have members, weekend members. And it's really for anyone that's just trying to, you know, get out and have some fun. Um, people that enjoy playing soccer recreationally. Uh, we have quite a large group. Um, so you have kind of a range of, of um, skill levels. And that it, it's great to have that because at any given week, people feel that they're kind of welcomed and part of part of what's going on. So the main objective is kind of to organize playing opportunities, but also kind of the social aspect of, you know, bringing people together around soccer. Obviously, we just had like the World Cup over the past few months, and that was a great opportunity to get people out, hosted like some happy hours, some game watches, and those had great attendance just because, you know, soccer is so international and we have such a big international community here at Ross mm-hmm. as well. Uh, it's a really great opportunity to, you know, bring people together from different backgrounds and just have fun and, uh, yeah, get chippy. <laughs> yeah, I think Kareem hit the nail on the head. Definitely trying to prioritize camaraderie and integration with other clubs in the Ross community. Like Landry, I know you organized the the FIFA tournament, which mm-hmm. we like co-marketed it a little bit with with soccer club. Um, and yeah, trying to make pickups as accessible as possible. You know, we're not here scoring in the world cup final it's trying to you know yeah. stay active keep some of that like competitive drive awake for people that want to but you know we play at like an indoor arena that's i don't know 10 15 minutes away and try and make it as easy as possible for everyone to get there um especially since not everyone has cars so there's a lot of coordination i think that, that goes into 
trying to involve as many people as we can because ultimately that's um that's the best for any kind of club at Ross. Uh, I just wanted to mention I am a weekly attender of the pickup games and I quite literally live for Fridays. So I block off my calendar from 12 to 1.30. And if someone really wants to meet with me, it better be a really good reason. I even tell group projects, I'm not available till after 2 p.m. on Fridays. Um, They're really a lot of fun. And even if you're rusty or you're out of shape or you've never played before, it's like still just so much fun to be around people. And people have have cars. So if you don't have a car or a way to get there, people will pick you up at Ross or where you're at. And it's, I don't know, I think it's really accessible. I think you guys do a really good job with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely agree with that. And I also agree that, you know, judgment-free zone, nobody has ever judged me for my short sprint followed by a 20-minute breather because I'm so out of shape. Um, it's just a lot of fun in games. Um, also a, a highlight of my week. So with that being said, as the upcoming leaders of the soccer club um, and currently being in the board, what were some of the highlights for the soccer club this past year or in this first year and what are some of your goals for the upcoming season well i'd say we're we've done quite a few events but we also have quite a few more plans so with michigan obviously being pretty cold it's tough to schedule sort of you know large scale exhibition games and stuff throughout the winter so while it was still warm we had our uh, annual nba one versus nba two game um, at the, the local elbow field, which was a lot of fun. Got a good crowd. Kareem brought some Vuvuzelas, um, exciting affair, competitive game. That was a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. Kareem also mentioned the, um, the world cup watch parties. So scheduled a bunch of those. Um, it was really fun trying to figure out the logistics of what games we would watch. Cause obviously we don't know what the, the big games are going to be, but like trying to make our own brackets to decide, oh, is this semifinal going to be good or a stinker or something? So um, definitely had some really exciting games, especially the the U.S. ones when, when they were winning. And then for the rest of the year, we had this Austin tournament, which I think we'll touch on a little bit more. Um, and then there's an upcoming one in, in Boston as well. Um, end of March, beginning of April. I think Harvard is hosting that. So looking forward to putting a team together for that. Um, Kareem, do you have any other exciting things to add? Um, we're also trying to get a Ross versus law school game on the books. So that's something that the club has done in the past. And we do it across like several sports um, here at U of M. So I know the, the hockey team has their games, the basketball team uh, tries to organize a game um, so that'll be fun. Another way to get, you know, fans out and uh, try to do like a full, you know, 90 minute 11 v 11 uh, match. But yeah, I think I think that's I think that's all we've got kind of for the rest of the year. Cool. Yeah. So with that being said, love to talk a little bit more about the tournament in Austin that happened. Right. This was a multi-day event. You flew out to Austin. A bunch of different NBA uh, schools participated. So tell us a little bit more about the tournament, um, its history, the actual size, the format, just the ins and outs. Yeah, sure. I can start. I think it's called the Winter Classic. It's hosted by uh, UT McCombs down in Austin, like you mentioned. And I think they've been doing it, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, but like 20 plus years now. Um, yeah, I think that's what the t-shirt says. <laughs> definitely like a longstanding tradition across, you know, the NBA programs. Um this year we had might have been a record number of teams. I know we had like 20, 20 different schools and each school can send more than one team. So I think we had like 43 teams in the tournament um, and it's a eight V eight tournament. So 
you're playing on about a, I would say, 60 yard field with like regulation size goals, one goalie and, and seven people in the field. It is co-ed. So you have to have a minimum of uh, one female on the pitch at all times. And it's kind of like a World Cup format. So you have your group stages and then 16 teams advance to the knockout rounds, which happened on Sunday. Yeah, only only one team can be uh, crowned victors at the end of the day. So definitely a really fun time. Tony can tell you more about like the team that went down. and Yeah, definitely a super exciting weekend. And I think I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to doing it again next year um what i'll say is the the ut austin um program did a really awesome job organizing the tournament overall i mean with 40 plus teams that makes like a crazy headache for scheduling so they like made a system where we have these like slightly oblong groups like not every single group was the same size but i think that was the only way to really do it but um they had this like central clock that was pretty much running for every game to make sure we were all on schedule you weren't getting you know, games stretching into the start of the game that was right after that. And we only had six fields. So um, got to do some math to uh, to make it fit into two days. So yeah, our pool play was on Saturday. And then I think it was the top two teams. It was maybe top one plus like a handful of wild cards coming from the second place teams to make the playoffs on Sunday. Um, in terms of our performance, we brought about... Uh, I want to say 15 or 14 um, players um, across all positions. So thankfully we had a goalie. Thankfully we had a female player, uh, Huli, who was a warrior and battled the whole tournament as our sole player, never subbed out or anything. So huge props to that. Um, and yeah, our performance, we, we won one game. We drew another one, really tight draw that, uh, Gosh, we thought we had it at the end, but uh, just millimeters in it. And then uh, we lost the other two. It was uh, the day was getting to us in terms of some of our lack of female subs and just the size of the field and the dimensions were kind of challenging, not exactly what we were used to, but overall, super great competitive games. Um, and I think we're uh, we're looking forward to the next one so we can cause some more damage. I mean, that sounds a lot of fun. I, I remember... The last time I was playing like competitive, competitive soccer, I was like, dang, I'll never have this feeling again. And then I come to business school and it's like, now I have two opportunities a year. Um, unfortunately, I'm I'm gone for my map project during the Boston tournament. So I'm quite salty about it, which means next year I'm going to both Austin and Boston is what that means. Um, and I'm very excited for that. I'm hoping to play some summer during my uh, soccer, during my internship, you know, get a little warm, stay, stay non-rusty. Um, but that, it, it sounded a ton of fun. But where I kind of want to go next is hot takes. We got Tony takes here. I know you got some opinions on soccer. I know David, oh, yeah. you had a few questions, but I, I guess I'll kind of start with this. Um, who do we think is winning Champions League this year? Slash not Liverpool. The in the world. <laughs> yeah, definitely not Liverpool. Not Liverpool, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I can start. It's hard to argue against Madrid. I feel like they always seem to struggle in these knockout games and you're like, okay, this is finally where they're going to lose. And then... 37-year-old Modric and co. pull out of the bag and score four goals in five minutes. So, yeah, I mean, you can never rule them out. A few other strong teams. I mean, Bayern, perhaps. There's always a, a sneaky Bayern opportunity in there. But um, I will never back City to win anything with uh, <laughs> their fraudulent manager. <laughs> oh, yeah, with Pep. Uh, I, I feel like City's allergic to Champions League wins. 
I'll let Kareem take this. He has a serious look in his face. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was just going back and looking at who else is in the tur- like still in the tournament. Like Tony said, like I, I I can't root for can't root for City, and like it's just the it's kind of like Tottenham, like with every other tournament, it's it's, it's City in the Champions League. So um, they can win the prem all they want, but I don't think they're gonna get their hands on the Champions League. Actually, that's a good question. Do you think do you think they're going to win the prem? Does Arsenal have the depth to kind of maintain it? I don't know. Is it third team we're not talking about here? Ebbs and flows. <laughs> yeah, and there's Tony's team. There's, there's, there's Tony's team. The old uh, him and his buddy Marcus. So, yeah, I don't know. C- cities cities had a few uh, hurdles though too, right? They just tied. Was it they they tied Nottingham Forest? Yep, uh, I think so. That's that's a that's that's a disappointing disappointing result for them, and um, it's just the nature of like Pep's rotations, right? So, you know, might field a weaker team, and then gets caught up in you know the Premier League, which is oh every game is going to be tough in the Prem. So, I mean, at least you're not Chelsea, a Chelsea fan, and watching Chelsea had one of the worst results a few weeks ago, and buying all these players to see us get worse somehow. So playing FIFA, that's what yeah. the owner is doing. Yeah, like, literally playing FIFA. I, it's like mm-hmm. he's the, the the FIFA manager buying everyone. Missing Champions League is going to hurt, but it is what mm-hmm. it is. Uh, David, do you have any other questions? Yeah, I have a couple more um, as we wrap up here. Um, first, your favorite player of all time and why? Um, we can finish with that hot take, and then after we are inspired by talking about some of these goats. Um, want to wrap up just by asking what is Kareem's and Tony's opinion on what we need to change to to get the Austin championship next year. Um, and then we can wrap up. So I can start, I guess. It's it's really so favorite player of all time can be retired or not. Um, there's two uh, for me. One, probably number one for me is Puyol, right? Um, former um, defender at Barcelona. Like I'm actually I grew up as a Real Madrid fan, but yeah, Puyol was always the player that I admired the most just because of, you know, his ability in the field. He was just a like a freaking wall in Barcelona, but also just a good person all around. Probably the second person, though, in Real Madrid. I was a really big fan of Figo back in the day. Mm. Um, probably one of the strongest midfielders I've ever seen play. Yeah, and I was, also living, I was living in Portugal when he was, like, at the height of his career, so it was a big deal. What about you guys? Huge. I mean... Oh, go ahead, Green. Sorry. I mean, I, I, I can't, I was going to say like, you just, you can't argue with Messi. I mean, I had the chance to see him play in Barcelona against, I think it was Valencia. And this was back in like 2011, I want to say. It's kind of like prime Barca era when you still had like Xavi and Iniesta. And around like the 70 minute mark, my dad, I think the score was like three, one. And my dad was like, we should maybe get going. It's a long way back to the hotel, you know, traffic, whatnot. We like stood up to leave. And like, as soon as we got out of like our seats into the arena, couldn't see the pitch anymore. Just hear the crowd go wild. We go, go back out. It's four, one. You watch the replay, like Messi, Messi scored a like, wonder goal. We sat down for like five more minutes and then decided to like leave again. As soon as we leave again, the crowd erupts again. It's 5-1. Messi scores again. And just seeing him like on the ball in person is, you know, it's magical. So, yeah. Um, For me, I would say Wayne Rooney. 
favorite player, left it all in the field, could play pretty much any position. I think he did at some point and played every position. Um, great goal scorer, seemed to always be fit, minus a few like injuries. Um, in a way, Bruno Fernandez reminds me of him now. Um, he's probably my favorite current player. Love that sort of style. Um, and then I didn't leave you with my hottest take and a take that I've had for the whole season and it's fashionable now. So don't think I'm jumping on the bandwagon, but Holland overrated because he sub-optimizes the, uh, the city team. I think they, they struggle to play that sort of pep ball pretty much that they've been playing for 10 years across all his teams when they have this sort of target man. And I think there's like shades of Ibrahimovic when he was at Barcelona and like kind of got kicked out of the team by Pep because of uh he didn't really fit the the mold but uh remains to be seen if uh if Holland stays next year I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves this summer but especially if they don't win the title I think uh, he may be the the scapegoat uh, yeah no I remember and Tony is right he was telling me this early on and I remember thinking but all he does is put the ball in the net and then like months later I'm seeing Tifo football putting out videos on why you know, Holland isn't a good fit. And I'm thinking, yep, Tony was right the entire time. But for me, okay, it, you're right, Kareem. I think Messi is Gabby Messi for me from the Barca side. I did really love Xavi. Um, I wanted to play like him, but I tend to play more like a winger. So it didn't really work, but I really liked his play style. I lived in Barcelona for five months and I saw Barcelona play four times. And I saw my two favorite clubs, Chelsea and Barcelona, playing the Champions League round of 16 when I was there, which was like all-time moment. That was when they still had Hazard, Willian, early Conte. That was a that was a fun game. Barcelona won 3-0. Yeah, 3-0. But watching Messi live is 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 just unbelievable. He's so good live. And yeah, I think Didier Drogba was the reason why I was a Chelsea. I started becoming a Chelsea fan. Because the 20, 2006 World Cup, I believe it was, got silver boot. Asked my dad what team he played for. I think it was Chelsea at the time where he just got transferred. I don't remember the, like, the timeline. But since then, I've just been a Chelsea fan. It's amazing how that works, right? So, got to be Didier Drogba for me from the Chelsea side. I mean, I also need to plug my my man, Mo Salah. I can't not. But like, I say, you wear a Liverpool jersey. So yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. He's, he's no messy, but he's done nothing but break records. For, for Liverpool uh, since getting there. So everyone doubted him. One season wonder that didn't exactly shake out. Yeah, I'm plugging yeah. Berbatov then because I got to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, and then I guess, David, your question on. Yeah, so last question here as we wrap up. We talked about the Austin tournament. We did some hot takes. We got inspired. Just real quick, what do we got to do next year um, to get the trophy over in Austin? I think we had a lot of interest for this year, but we kind of committed early on on only one team. So I think next year we'll probably try and put out two teams, maybe three. We'll see depending on how much interest there is. Um, and with that, I think there's room to sort of strategize and find people that mesh really well together. Um, I think we had some, uh, Kareem and I were discussing some ideas, so we'll keep that on the down low in case other schools are listening to this and they'll, uh, we don't want to give up our strategies just yet, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to bringing more people. And I think the more people you have, the more opportunity for being successful. I was going to start by saying that we need to get 
David and Landry out there next year, and that would that would give us you know a better chance. I will, I will, I I, I will sign up. I apologize for this year. It won't happen again next year. <laughs> no, no, like no, I you everyone's hearing it here first. Yeah, it is video or audio proof. I will be in Austin and Boston <laughs> next year. Love it. Yeah. No, I think Tony mentioned a really good point. You know, just some maybe strategically a few things differently. Uh, being able to get more people out there. And then um, I think the biggest thing too is just getting reps in as a team. Like one of the things that I noticed uh, watching some of like, you know, the best teams and Booth won the tournament this year and we actually played them in our group stage and they just mesh, you know, so well together. You can tell that these like same eight people have been playing together for for quite some time. One of the goals for us over the next, you know, in this uh, rest of this semester and then in the fall next year is just getting more game time together as a team, whether that's playing in like, you know, broader like U of M intramurals or setting up maybe some more exhibition games or something, getting to know each other better and having kind of more set, you know, uh, more of a set kind of uh, play style that we can take down there. So. And if any former pros are applying to Ross, yeah. Yeah. definitely come here and you can be our, our star player <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. if anyone's listening to this that has you know uh la masia experience or uh, <laughs> yeah or yeah. mls experience you know ross is ross is the place for you <laughs> yeah it, it is it is you'll get the ball i promise uh but that's great i also like the idea of intramural uh, having an intramural team yeah i would love to play multiple times a week thank you both uh tony cream for joining us today this has been another edition of the Ross Weekly, a showcase of the latest happenings and upcomings brought to you by Business Beyond Usual. Today's episode was produced by um, David Amorim and myself, Landry DeHio. Executive producers of BBU are Bob Needham, Thomas DeClerc, Michaela Terrell, Preston Hill, and Eugenia Collins. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, go blue, and this is Business Beyond Usual.